You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Chris Denman here going one-on-one today. I'll tell you about our guest in just a second. The show, it's We Are Live. Got to give a shout-out to our friends at Barrel Beard and Tattoo Oil. Local, great company made right here in St. Louis. Great for your skin, great for your hair. Check them out, barrelbeardandtattoo.com. Also, while you're at it, check out Ian Bagg's new special, Comedy Dynamics. That's available everywhere. You can buy it on iTunes, and uh, you know he's my National Bag Radio podcast common law partner so check out him check out our podcast on allthingscomedy.com today in st louis we've got my man dove davidoff what's up dove how yeah, are you man. man yeah 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 good to see you yeah how am i yeah he's, the, get, um, he's getting I, no, aggressive all right it is it is i like to go deep with starting that's things off right yeah yeah and the answer is a layered one <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we'll get into that no, no listen in, you know in short good Absolutely, man. Yeah. So you're at, you're at Helium Comedy Club this weekend. First yeah. show was last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Bobby Jaycox, is featuring. So if you guys like local comedy, go support him. Yeah. Dove is a very, very funny guy. In from New York, man. First time in Jersey St. Louis. originally. I grew up in Jersey and I've lived in New York City most of my life. But uh, yeah, yeah, Jersey. I come from a shithole in Jersey. Yes. And yeah. I was saying that I believe in your bio it says grew up on a dumpster. No, or in, in a, a dumpster. I grew up in a junkyard. My father was in the junk business. In, so a, in, in the a, junk business. Yeah, in, in a junkyard. Yeah. Does that yeah. give my you a little perspective? Perspective, yeah, give me perspective. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up when the when Dad's talking. I would no, think. No, no, yeah, no, no. It's all, it's all, it's all perspective. I wrote a memoir about, you know, it's it's all all in that. Very it nice. Just came out, yeah, a couple of months ago. Yeah. What's it called? Um, now Road Dog. <clears throat> it was a real strange uh, experience growing up, and so that's uh, it's it's a memoir about growing up. Absolutely, in New Jersey, yeah. in a junkyard. Yeah, yeah, my father was an uneducated Jewish business guy from the Bronx, and my mother was uh, sort of an educated hippie wasp intellectual from California. She was on her way to teach piano in India when she stopped off to visit her. Uh, she had a lesbian friend who owned a, a monkey, and my father was renting a house to the lesbian with the monkey, uh-huh. and that's how they met. But my mother was wrapped up on a commune, and they believed that the apocalypse was inevitable, and so she was buying freeze-dried food, you know? Story as old as time. The junkyard owner, right? I mean, but who hasn't had that story? Um, <laughs> Correct. Yeah, no, no, that was the genesis. So that's it it, that's it, yeah. and you're so you're, you're tenured stand up at this point too. So you've seen eight million things on the road. Yeah. As far as the memoir goes, did you? Yeah. Is it infusing life growing up into the yeah. life that you built yeah, for yeah, yourself it takes as place, well? I, it's called the road dog. It takes place. Uh, it, it's sort of life and reflections uh, from the road as a as a stand up, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it takes place over the course of a year, and each chapter is in a different city. Um, but it's all incorporated, you know. It's, you know, it's all. I need to read it. So I, and I also memoir. now yeah, know people like it. Yeah, your boy like Brendan Schaub, why he, who he jacked that term from. He's been using that a lot lately. Which one? Calling himself a road dog. Oh, because he's out on the road. Yeah, you'd have to you, you'd have to spend some more time on the road before you own that word, <laughs> that name. But, <laughs> right. But put yeah, it now there. he's yeah yeah he's road dogging it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we were talking about this. So this is your first time in St. Louis. First time in St. Louis, yeah. I'm excited for you because we're bad about 
getting down on ourselves here, like, well, nobody likes us right, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an inquisitive guy. Yeah, right. You actually have a real estate, right? You're you're a landlord yourself. I'm in business, yeah. Yeah, you're you're not just showing up, maybe nailing no, a waitress a at the comedy, comedian, no. <laughs> comedy no, club. That's right. the question, yeah. You, you seem insightful already. I'm excited for you to actually see us. We were talking about the differences in where a city can go left or right or well, how if we you look at it from them. that perspective, it's not down on ourselves or not down on ourselves or cool or not cool. If you break things down, just look at things anthropologically and try to experience right. what it was that created the thing that you're in. You it know? just kind and of there's is. There's always something right. interesting about it. There's always something to learn or derive from an experience. Well, and somebody like you can appreciate the brick building that somebody walks by every day like, eh, what is this piece of crap? And you're like, at some point, this no, is where millionaires were, were coming or the it's or the representative of history and then history is real it's representative of somebody's life and how they ended up building that thing there and how much work it required and then the finance the underlying economics required to create that structure and then all of the associated ideas and ancillary kinds of uh you know Politics and business, well, and all that shit. That works in too. Like even like St. Louis is. You're going to notice this for sure. Is it just paying attention to the architecture? Yeah. There's so much brick here, and yeah. undoubtedly that was because somebody's uncle yeah. owned brick, right? Yes. And then politics infuses into that. All of a sudden, 150 years later, you have a city made of brick. Made and, of brick. Yeah. And so also, I guess right in the surrounding areas, there must have been quarries. I mean, where do you where do you get brick from? See, I don't even know that. You'll learn. You'll I'm go on learn. an educational journey this weekend. I'm going to go on a journey. Yeah. While you're here, I think we need to get you over to East St. Louis. We mentioned that as well. Yeah. Strip East club St. guy on the, on the road? You know, I've lived in real rough neighborhoods. I mean, and I, I, my threshold for certain types of tension is reasonably high. I don't... Uh, I don't see, you know, these people talk about a strip club. Like, I'm not into going to strip clubs because if I want to pay for sex, then I would rather just do that. Let's go ahead and get out to the it. middleman. Right. But um, if I am going to go to a strip club, I want to go to a place where I can see something, you know, I yeah. go to the ballet. I mean, I used to see. <laughs> you know what I do? I'm not, I'm not much of that either. As a, when I was younger. And in around... the hood, you can get jerked off in a back room if you're into that because Correct. that's the culture in hood strip clubs. Sure. Whereas if you go into a nice quote unquote strip club which i wouldn't describe as nice no but you know cost you a grand to get to to to, to, to get a hand job right you're Drinking. on a hood you know for a 30 dollar <laughs> tip you walk out with a smile i i have a weird story sort of thing. the uh the strip clubs east of here over in like brooklyn illinois east st louis yeah it's a different it's a different territory different terrain mm -hmm. there's a yeah. This is a weird question that's going to lead to it. I'm a heterosexual. Really, so. Yeah, well, we're working on you here. What's uh, are you familiar with the band the Ataris? You remember that I they don't covered know Boys of Summer, whatever. Music. So a, a pop punk band from whatever, yeah. uh, from like the early 2000s. Their singer met up with us at a strip club, and right. uh, I've told this story before, but it's so disgusting that yeah. I thought I'd share it with you. Yeah, too. by all means. Uh, so we knew he was coming. We paid the uh, the DJ at the time. This was. This was like maybe they would have songs on the computer. It wasn't Spotify days, right? right. So if they yeah. had the song, it was exciting. I got you, right. He covered yeah. Boys of Summer, the singer of the Ataris. Yeah. So we pay the DJ. We're like, hey, our buddy's coming in. He gets embarrassed because he's kind of only known for this cover that he yeah. didn't even write now. Right. Play it when he walks in. Right. So we got together like 60 bucks from our dumb 21-year-old asses, right? Right, yeah. So we go, we pay him. He walks in. They cue up the music. Oh, man, you got him. Ha-ha. We thought like kind of that's the end. Yeah. I guess they thought it was like the bachelor party treatment. They wrangled him up, like pull him up on stage, like, "Oh, what's this? What yeah. do you, you know? What do you have?" They go through the normal like dumb shit. They're like, uh, 
spank him, like started, yeah. they rip his shirt and we're like, it's getting a little aggressive. Like what's happening here? Yeah. They pull off his belt, like beat him with it, all this stuff. Yeah. Another girl comes on stage and they kind of start getting together on a, a couple things. Mm. And then before we know it, as his song is playing, a uh, long story short, a fountain comes out of one of the girls assisted by the other girl no. as it's all going all over. Yeah, no. so that's that's kind of what you can expect in those areas. So that guy's toured the world. I don't think he's ever experienced oh anything God. like that. Yeah, no, that's prior. an incredible so, experience. I mean, yeah, you'd have to get into that, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, a, that's a wild It's a scene. weird story, too, with the pop culture, with uh, the singer hearing his own song well, as he's it, showered yeah, in I mean, East St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, I, from what angle would you approach that kind of to consider an experience like that, there's so many different things going on. There's the experience of the person that's that's seeing this go on for the first time that's in shock. And then there's the psychology of the chick that's jerking herself off for Correct. the other girl yeah. until she squirts. Mm. And then there's that l level of psychotic exhibitionism that you must have in order to behave like that. Well, and how about the 50-year-old guy that's like, yeah, this is the fifth time I've seen her to do this to somebody, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. on cue. Yeah, right. Or yeah. that guy, yeah. <laughs> that's why I come here. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that, there's a lot going on. It's interesting, too, the amount of people that you come in contact with, I'm sure, on the road, yeah whether it's through the actual shows or just experiences. I mean, you've done a bunch of different things, you said. And you're, yeah. like you said, you're not just some dip rolling into town. Yeah. You're going to learn while you're there. What's yeah. that? I don't, and I hate these kind of questions, but I got it. Like, if we're going in deep with a guy who's a, a road comic, a road yeah, dog, yeah. what are some of the experiences you've, just mind-boggling experiences that you've come up with? Anything come to mind over you just know, the years I of stand-up? I always find that there. I don't have a sufficient kind of, there's no fireworks story for the most part that I can tell about being on the road. I find that the people who have had drug problems always have the best yes. stories. Right, because they're where you, they shouldn't be. Precisely, and yeah. you can't compete with those with those guys. So there's no sense trying. <laughs> I can talk about experiences I've had, but oh, absolutely. Like those guys that just, you know, those near death stories and it's crazy, but... um. Losing, no. I, I can imagine you'd be like, you should have seen the archaeological layout in the city. <laughs> it was fantastic. Their finances no, were no, in line. No, they're like, um, I don't, I don't know. My experience is mostly like different social experiences or you know different cultures. But there's no. When I think about the road, I, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's no one crazy story that comes to mind. Lots of strange little experiences, but they're for sure. made for good stories. Yeah, but that that kind of adds up though too. And like, I think you have. Oh, to... Oh, I went to Vegas. I, I was thinking about like, uh, you know, I was doing. Oh, I did the MMA wars in Vegas, the big room, you know. Yeah. And then, but but I went on late into the show, and I had to follow a, a Chinese Cirque du Soleil troupe. Oh my god! You know, so something like that is yeah. nutty, or. Um, well, and then pulling material yeah. after that too, like talking about wrangling a crowd back in, like it, it, getting them impossible. focused. It, yeah, it's, it's so hard to do. Or. I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I did a twenty thousand seater, and there was a whole part of something in San Jose. Like, I, yeah, you know, there are lots of different intense experiences, but there was no like, I don't know. I think that I think that probably reflects positively on you, though. Maybe if you're like, yeah, I don't get myself into those kind of uh, situations where you're dealing with a guy. In the and I talk about a few in the book, you know, when I have yeah. time to think about it. Yeah, yeah, I talk about a, a few in the book, you know. I mean, the odd threesome somewhere or something like that, but uh, who cares? Yeah, you're married now? 
Yeah. Yeah. How's uh, how's life on the road with uh, wife and home? That's great. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> no, okay. you know, it's... Uh, did she come with you? She didn't want to come... No. See, did she want to come see sunny St. Louis in no. February? Okay. Um, every now and then she'll come somewhere, you know, but yeah. right now I'm in couples therapy, you know? How's that working out? Pretty good, I think. I have whole, you know, bits about it on yeah. stage, but yeah, it's pretty good. You can work it out. Yeah. It's interesting, to, yeah. I, I can't... It, it, you have to have that right kind of person too. And again, I think it reflects positively that you would choose somebody. That's a weird life for people. Like people don't think about yeah. that. You're on HBO's crashing, right? So you're filming, you're working with Mostly Tessa. filming, I was doing, a, I've been playing a detective on Shades of Blue on a cop show in New York. I yeah. And that's, you know, the, it was less time, you know, spent on a set for crashing, but yeah. That's, yeah, but I'm, with somebody with a crazy schedule and then on top of that, weekends when you can, traveling to other areas yeah. where people are paying to come see you yeah it can it, it can be um but i would imagine you know trying to conduct a, a life while hustling in and out of manhattan on a, on a nine to five it brings True. with it its own set of challenges i don't know what's more challenging but certainly the road is a unique challenge well what's that like you kind of dip into civilian life with i mean your landlord right did you yeah. pick that up from your father uh Pick it up, not in a direct sense. I mean, my father owned a couple of old houses, but when I got involved in the Lower East Side, I bought this, you know, this little apartment building on the corner of Ludlow and Rivington when it was a real shitty neighborhood and, yeah. and experienced that surge of gentrification. But I got in... You got, I in, got really in really early. Well, I remember... The, I mean, I just remember the experience of a transition before New York was synonymous with gentrification. Right. So the price hadn't already been bid up by the narrative, you know, because once mm -hmm. everybody believes in a neighborhood, then the price skyrockets. Sure. And so you got to get in while they're still selling heroin on the corner. But right. at the right time, too, because Correct. some shitty neighborhoods stay that way for generations. Right. You that have, that's You see that in St. Louis where you see it turn over... And it's generally led by gay bars, and that gay culture comes in. Gay, it. gay is a very good sign. I remember in this neighborhood, the first deal I made, there was some gay guy opened a vegan muffin shop, mm -hmm. and they didn't go out of business. And I thought, now's the time. <laughs> that, that's, know, the like that's the barometer. That's the canary in the mine. That's shaft. the canary in the mine shaft in the coal mine. Um, well, gay people and artists. Often, I don't know if that's the case anymore for gay people, but they were often in these sort of outer lying mm -hmm. neighborhoods. I mean, if you look at the meatpacking district in New York, which is outrageously expensive now, that used to be transvestite hookers and then some, you know, meatpacking factories and like. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Uh, it, it's crazy too. So, you've had some, would you call the, the real estate ventures a success at this point? A few, million, it, a few million dollars, yeah. That's very successful, so successful yeah. that it gets brought up on other podcasts when people are talking mm -hmm. about New York. They're like, hey, Dub Davidoff's got... Well, but now I'm developing. And so yeah. but what you can do is, you know, there, there's time in the life of a stand-up, yeah. you know, and it, the, the buy-in now for New York City would be a very high. But when I was back then, you know, it was 100 grand. But you've that. got and you've got a little bit of a of a ball rolling on that where you can say like okay. I got in early yeah you know I think I, I was ahead of the curve and so and the market met like any you know success story it's always um, a confluence of factors you know I mean, oh absolutely being ready for the opportunity yeah. identifying the correct opportunity and then yeah. executing it because yeah, yeah. there is a version where you buy that 
you do something stupid, you have some, not you personally, but you have some yeah, yeah. A, an addiction or or something or a relationship screw yeah. up, and you have to t- throw that mu- you have to throw that uh, investment out. There are out. many there are many many versions like that. There's, yeah, there, there's a version where you know the people I grew up with. I mean, would have taken the hundred grand that I had and and invested. You know, would have bought a car with it, and then five years later, that car would have been worth thirty three percent of the price they paid for it, and the girl they used to get the car would have been the wrong person because she's psychologically the kind of person that was attracted to a fucking car. And so then you're (laughs) blowing, you know, money and time and energy. Yeah. You know, you could turn a hundred grand into nothing real fast. Oh, so simple. I mean, you get the, uh, the Camaro's big where you, where you grew up. (laughs) She sure is. Yeah. 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 yeah, The rock those out. Yeah. No, it's crazy to think about that. The different paths you can take. Do you think you'll, uh, do you think so? I say expand. This is like the thing we're like. Well, why isn't your special on this or Netflix? Or something. It's no, like, no. These are there's good a, questions. There's a million things. Do you want to expand to other? I'm do you not want to a tremendous others? social media guy. The amount of time and energy for me that it requires to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to also identify what you're good at, what your voice is, you know? And yeah. I'm not the Instagram guy. It's not my voice. And yeah. I'm not knocking it. If somebody's good at it, great. The average moron that can't, you know, you know, that is putting out what they had for lunch and then there's the, they look at my shoes and, you know, I, I, I that's all noise. But, you know, I, like I think of my good friend Brian Callen, who's, 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 Good. He makes his Instagram funny. It's entertaining. It's he literally silly. Comes to my and I don't mean I mean no, that in a very in the positive. Best way. In the yeah. best way. He's he is very good at what he does and it works for him. I would rather be in business um, with that amount of time. You know, like whereas if I'm if I go out and audition for something, so I've been playing a, a detective for two seasons on that show with Jennifer Lopez and Ray Liotta. So something like that. None of these things, unless you're the lead on a show, require that much time. Right. You know? Setup doesn't require I appreciate that much that time. Mindset. I get so sick of the- uh, They're full of shit. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, no, I, no, no. I grew up like getting yelled at if I wasn't like, in a good way no, no, too. No. Like, there's always time in the day and there's always more that could be done. That's, no. I'm glad you call that yeah, out. Yeah, I don't like that indulgent stuff where people act like, oh, I'm so this and that. And then they've been in Hollywood. I need to decompress. But there's so much insecurity associated with offending somebody or uh, and, and, um, and the likelihood of any one job being able to sustain itself on television. So you see these people on a talk show going, I was amazing, working with him was amazing. You've, they've abused the word amazing to the degree that it no longer means anything. Correct. Um, amazing just means okay right. in Hollywood. And we loved it means we didn't hate it. And so it just becomes a, a lexicon through which you have to determine the value of words. House crashing. It's fine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You passed your own test. Uh, yeah. It, listen, you know, Judd Apatow's a really interesting guy who writes really good stuff, and and uh, and I like doing. I, I like acting. You know, when people free me up to do my thing, and and that's great. I, you know, acting uh, just another muscle to flex over stand up, or do you prefer one yeah. or the other? Or is like, or is it a time filler? I like prefer. You listen, on some level, acting's easier. It, it's it's. I get I get a script. I memorize the script. I show up, and then I work with another person and bring it. You know. Stand up, if you're going to go write it, depends what you're comparing to. Easy, hard. These are all words that require right. a lot of context. Uh, stand up, you got to go create it. You know, you got to write it. You yeah. see people that are five years, 10 years into stand up, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you have somebody who's been in stand up for 25 years, like, ah, oh, they're a pup. 
and, and yeah. that's not always right. the case in every industry or every skill set. Yeah, you know? listen, they're, they're learning curves, right? So for the first 10 years, it's a steep learning curve up. After a certain point, I don't know if guys at 30 years are any better than they were at 20 years, but but th there is a drop-off, but it does take a long time to identify a voice and develop good material and... and uh, you know, and, and acting is, uh, it's more catch as catch can, you know, you have less yeah. control over it. And so, but they can be synergistic. They can feed one another. You know? I feel like, have you lived in LA? Oh yeah, seven Okay, years. I was going to say, yeah. I, somebody like you that's presenting, like it, when I, anytime I've been to LA, I always yeah. find myself kind of laughing at yeah. people or the absurdity of things or yeah. uh, my co-host is black. We go out there and we're like, uh, for a place that's screaming about diversity, sure looks like a lot of white people like oh, standing yeah. around that. It's yeah, a, yeah. I always just find those parts of it interesting. And then you're like you said, everything is so not permanent. Yeah. Even with the biggest jobs, network jobs. Uh, yeah. You know, Jonathan Kite. He was on uh, uh, yeah. a CBS show for six yeah. seasons. Uh, son of a gun, I can't yeah, yeah. think of it. Um, but even that, you get it six seasons, yeah. and they'll just cut it. And, and it's out, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Hope you're good at stand up because you're you got to go they, find some they, money." There's, there's no doubt about it, and so um, and, and that's why you have the levels of insecurity you do, and that's why you meet people, and they're always talking about, you know, my brother's a psychologist, and when I meet friends of his, nobody's looking over my shoulder to see who walked in the door, and, and I'm not blaming Hollywood people. Like it, it's like they're insecure for a good reason. It's for an sure. insecure life. That doesn't mean that it can't be rewarding and that a lot of things that are, are very engaging about it, but you pay a price. And we just, once we become aware of all these things, we can mitigate becoming a douchebag. <laughs> Which is the best part of yeah. it, man. And, and to exist on, and this even sounds kind of douchey, but for you to appear to exist on your own terms. Yeah. In a creative field, yeah. at the highest—I mean, let's give it, give you your props. You're at the highest yeah. level of what an entertainer can do. You could always go up. I don't you know could about the pick, highest, but yeah, well, yeah, I no, mean, no, I know you mean, no, 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 I've done it. Yeah, no, I've worked with really, yeah, very. But well to do it on your terms, and that, that has to be it's super. very nice. Yeah, it's very nice in in you know reflecting upon it to have some financial freedom and be able to engage on my own terms is very nice, and it's still frustrating, and you still. You know, I'll go back out with this book, and we're gonna go pitch a show based on that book. And I really? had a deal, and yeah, I had a deal on Showtime with Neil Brennan. They gave us three quarters of a million dollars to shoot it, and we went out and shot the pilot, and, and we didn't get picked up. And so those frustrations are just a function of of I, the game. I find that again too with the limited access I have to that world yeah. that I see that uh, I have a you know Ian's out pitching stuff. He's doing sure, these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. To hear that, I don't think most people would believe that. Like, so A, if you know who Neil Brennan is, co-creator of the, the yeah, Chappelle yeah, Show, yeah, which yeah. you were a part of the Chappelle Show. Yeah, part, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So a, a tenured stand-up, a guy who's on two TV shows that are successful, yeah. and Neil Brennan go pitch a show and somebody says no, like that's yeah. absurd to think of outside of nah, that world. everybody gets no's. You sure, know? Jim yeah. Jim Carrey's getting no's when he goes to pitch a show that didn't work out on Showtime or whatever. People get no's, you know, it's like, and then no matter how well-known you are, it's, it's, you go out and it's why people disappear. There's no, there's no. I think that's why. On some level, you've never made it. True. It, that, and that's the thing, I think, uh, like can Tom Matt, Hanks, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, he, he's doing somebody well. like that is a unique. But when you have stand up, not to fall back on, but if you're, if you, would you consider yourself a pure stand up that that acts here and there, or what? I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm more of a, a stand up in 
insofar as like if you were a classical actor and you went to Rada right. and you really want to eradicate any regionalism in your voice, I rely on my own rhythms. I like to have a personality in whatever character I'm doing, and that's going to be connected to me. So in that regard, yeah. No, that makes sense. But you see that too because if you get your legs cut out from under you and you don't have that skill set, yeah. you'll just be gone and, I don't know, hosting a radio show somewhere? I, no, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, and hosting a radio show could be great. It, it's just... um. I, I don't know, but I, I know that it's a strange business. It and is. that's why I got involved in actual business uh, 22, 3, 23 years ago, and I've stayed in it. Fantastic, and, man. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it works for me. I mean, <laughs> more people should do that, though. You know, listen, but there are a lot of people that say, listen, there can be no fallback. You, you know, you got to go out there and you either die or do the thing. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. There's no one way, there's no one answer. I think that's a good way to... You know, and would I be more successful on some of it in the entertainment business if I spent a lot of time just promoting, just writing a new special, no matter what, going and doing that? Probably. Now, what that success would look like, I don't know. Right. I'm relatively comfortable with the way I've played it, but, uh, but you never know. Very true. You know, but then again, if you run it like a business model, I'd much rather have a a 80% chance at making $10 million than a f 2 or 3% chance at making $100 million. Because after a certain point, the utility value of money diminishes to almost nothing, especially right. if proper perspective. Yep. You know, after you have enough to do things with and you know, everything's Take sorted. a vacation here with your family. All do, that stuff. do the things you like. Yeah. yeah, after that, if you need a ton, you just have psychological problems that you should deal with. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly should. Yeah, man. yeah. It's like a fucking you know, like a dopey rapper, you know, running around with a, uh, you know. All right, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm glad. You no, got, you I, got I the totally get one. it. You got the new Rolls Royce. You're fucking <laughs> retard. <laughs> that's a that's a good thing to end on, man. Yeah. Helium Comedy Club yes. this weekend. Go see Dove and uh, check out the new memoir, Road Dog. Man. Yeah, I'm Road excited Dog. about check that. It out. Come out to the club. Come Watch us. Crashing. Check him out. What's the TV show? The police show. I'm sorry. Shades of Blue. Shades of Blue. I don't care. Check watch it out. It. Don't watch it. Do whatever the hell you don't want. Don't watch it. Dove Davidoff. Thanks a lot, yeah, man. Thanks, it was man. a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pleasure.